This is the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode number 52, the solo series. I don't know what you heard, but <laughs> she runs the show. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Cassandra Vaughn here. Uh, this is a, a new episode of She Runs the Show, and I know that I have been uh, absent without leave, so to speak, from the podcast, but it's been a crazy couple of months. As many of you know, I'm training for my first ever fitness competition, and I've got a lot of work to do and very little time to do it. So it has been crazy busy. Like it literally at this point is 2.53 a.m. on a Monday morning, and I'm recording this because something woke me up in the middle of the night and said, this is the message that you need to share. And so if you hear my uh, first thing in the morning voice, which this is, this is not my uh, normal voice. It's because it's 2.54 in the morning and I am awake. So, <laughs> and I'm usually up at 4 a.m. to be in the gym by 5. But when the spirit moves, you got to go with it. Let's talk a little bit about what this episode is going to be about. And, and episode number 52, again, is something that just came to me maybe 30 minutes an hour ago. And the title of it is, If the Box Doesn't Fit, Smash It. And before I get into the episode, uh, let me just say, I am so thankful that a number of you still listen, even though I'm not as consistent as I'd like to be. I want to thank and give a shout out to all of my listeners who come back and listen to episode after episode, old episodes, uh, looking for new episodes. I am not going to disappoint you. Uh, 2016 is going to be an amazing year. And so I have a lot of things planned for the podcast and for my business. And so I want you to know that it does not go unnoticed on my end that I have a core group of you who listen relentlessly. And since I'm a pretty relentless person, I admire relentlessness in other people. I'll also say thank you to those who are reading my ebooks. Again, I haven't been writing ebooks lately, but I'm getting back into the flow of things. If you haven't checked out my books on overcoming fear, be sure that you check them out at overcomingfearbooks.com. There's a lot of great stuff there. I write about how do you get over the fear of beginning again? I talk about how do you invite your fear over for dinner? How do you know what your real fears are? You know, uncover your real fears. I also talk about things like overcoming the fear of recurrent miscarriage. You know, when you want a baby and you've lost a baby or you've lost three or several, how do you be hopeful the next time pregnancy comes around? How do you not live in fear? So be sure that if you have friends or family members or people that you know are being crippled by fear, essentially, right? Uh, That you send them to overcomingfearbooks.com because there's a book there for them and it can help them reframe how they see fear and reframe how they look at their lives. So check out overcomingfearbooks.com. Okay, let's talk about episode 52. If the box doesn't fit, smash it. (laughs) So I want to tell you first where this episode came from, because, you know, anger is not a bad thing. Let me just start out there. Uh, There were a few things that happened in the last, I would say, several days that were sort of wake up calls for me, epiphanies. Um, there were, and in fact, this weekend, uh, there were some comments made this weekend to me that really pissed me off. Uh, and I, I don't mind getting pissed off because usually when I get angry, if I don't rush to open my mouth and say something that I'll later regret, which uh, at 37 and a half, I'm getting better at doing that every day. 
if I don't open my mouth and like rush to judgment and rush to defend, what typically happens when somebody pisses me off is that I take some time to think about it. And then I think about it some more. And then epiphanies start to happen and things start to hit me that I would not have gotten had they not pissed me off. So needless to say, some people pissed me off this weekend. And um, I've had the weekend to really think about their stance and think about my stance. And and I think this is probably why I woke up at two o'clock this morning with this message. If the box doesn't fit, smash it. Now, you and I both know that She Runs the Show is dedicated to helping women entrepreneurs have both uh, businesses that thrive and relationships that rock. And we're talking about all kinds of relationships, whether it's romantic or personal, professional, but you need both. If you have a business that's doing well, obviously you are managing your relationships well because everything in business is relationship. But I want to talk today about you. I want to talk today about where are you living? Because here's the thing. A lot of people, and I'm not saying it's you, and I'm not saying it's me, but a lot of people are doing box living when they're far bigger than that. And so what I want to say today is, if the box that you're living in doesn't fit, the only thing you can do with it is smash it. Let's get down to business. Here's the first thing I want to talk about. It is possible, it is probable that the way we got into box living, the way that we got into this little space called, this is my life, this has been my life, this is what I do, I've played it safe, Um, this is all that I've been able to accomplish thus far. The way that we got into the box probably was accidental. It probably was subconscious. It it probably was, um, we weren't intending to get into the box and stay there. We thought maybe we'd be there for a season of our lives and then we'd bounce out and go after what we really want. It doesn't matter how you got into the box. It doesn't matter. Like the past of of your evolution of living in a box, in a comfort zone that really no longer fits you does not matter. How you got into the box is irrelevant at this moment. But here's what's relevant about box living. And here's what's true about living in the box. The box doesn't fit, the box never fit, and the box won't fit. But you can always choose to continue to squeeze yourself into it. Let me just say it one more time. I want you to get this because a lot of people spend their time trying to figure out how in the world did I get into the box? How did I get there? That's irrelevant because it's done. You're already there. Here's what's relevant. The box doesn't fit. The box never fit and it won't fit, but you can always choose to squeeze yourself into it. That's point number one. Here's point number two. There are two ways to live your life. And I want you to listen to this because uh, I was reading an article and I, I don't know if it was the Harvard Business Review, but I was reading an article last week that basically said, That there are two, oh, you know what? It was a Peter Drucker article. And if anybody has an MBA like me, you know Peter Drucker, like management consultant, expert, father of so many wise management sayings. Let's just leave it at that. But Peter Drucker said that you have to know yourself, right? You've got to know yourself. And he said, there are two types of people in this world. There are decision makers and there are advisors. And you got to know which one you are. Now, I'm going to add a little bit to Peter Drucker's thing. You get to choose which one you're going to be. 
And the reality is, is that if you spend too much time being an advisor in life, you aren't making serious decisions and you aren't stepping out of the box. So here's what I want to tell you about that. There are two ways that you can live your life and it's either seizing opportunities or asking for permission. You see, the decision makers seize opportunities. The advisors ask for permission. Now, if you know there are only two ways to live your life, seizing opportunities or asking for permission, which one do you think produces the most success in your business, in your life, in your relationships? Are you going to get the most success as an entrepreneur asking people for permission, saying, do I have the right to be great? Do I have the right to start this new business? Do I have the right to end this business that isn't bringing me joy? Do I have the right to end this relationship? Do I have the right to start this relationship? Like, listen, here. Far too many of us, especially as women entrepreneurs, are walking around, whether we know it or not, asking people for permission to be great. And here's what I want to say. You can, you can act like you don't know what you're doing until somebody else calls you out on it. Because the second somebody else calls you out on it, guess what? It is in your face. So the next time you make that decision again... You have to own that you consciously and completely in your right mind made it. So I'm just going to put it up in your face. There are two ways to live your life. Either you're seizing opportunities or you're asking for permission. Either you are the decision maker in your life or you are an advisor to your life. One is on the playing field and one is on the sidelines and you need to decide which one you are consciously choosing to be and then be that. Here's the third point about box living. I think far too often we assume that the reason why we can't get out of the box, the reason why we can't step out of comfort zones, the reason why we can't be who we want to be and do what we want to do and go where we want to go is because they are keeping us from doing it. And I'll give you a tons, a ton of they's that we talk about. We think that we don't have enough support at home, family, they. We think that the people at work or the people in our business, the assistants that we hire, you know, we're constantly having to hire and fire them and, and they aren't doing a good job. We think that the people who are our clients are keeping us back because either we don't have enough clients or we have too few clients. They are holding us back. Here's the thing I want to tell you about they. Whoever for you the they is, and here's the truth. I want you to get this because if you can get this, you will never again use anyone or anything else as an excuse for why you are still living in a box. Here it is. Boom. They didn't give it to you. So they can't take it from you. Can we just go there for a second? I, I need people to understand this. It does not matter whether you have a religious or spiritual orientation. I want you to understand this. Your talents, your gifts, your abilities, the calling of your life was given to you by nobody who is on this earth. Period. The end. They didn't give it to you, so they can't take it from you. The only person who can choose to not follow their calling, to not activate their greatness, to not live into their purpose, to not seize opportunities is you. Because at the end of the day, you are not, you are not the message, but you are the medium through which it comes. So you don't choose your calling. Your calling chooses you. You have to decide to seize the opportunity of that calling. And it involves nobody else's permission. 
It involves no one else's acceptance. And in fact, in moments when people deny your right to be who you were born to be, that is the moment where you get to say, am I the decision maker in my life or am I the advisor of my life? Which one am I going to be? Because right now they don't have to co-sign on this dream. They don't have to agree with my plan. They don't even have to support it. But there's something in me that says I've got to live it. So point number three is they didn't give it to you, so they can't take it from you. Here's point number four. Until you are willing to be relentless about what lights your soul on fire, you will be complacent about severing ties to things that don't. Can I just sit here for a minute at 3.05 in the morning and just break this down for a second? Nobody is neutral. I know people hear this all the time. I know people love that quote on Pinterest that says, please be responsible for the energy that you bring into this place. But I don't think we fully get what that means. Nobody is neutral. So here's the thing. There is no action that you do take or do not take that does not have a, an effect or a consequence in your life. Nobody is neutral. Here's the truth. Until you are willing to be relentless about what lights your soul on fire, you will be complacent about severing ties to things that don't. How many things in your life are you tolerating because you think you have to? How many situations in your life are you putting up with because to you it's safer to put up with the devil that you don't know than the angel that you wish was there but you're not quite sure is? How many of you are saying, I would rather do what I'm used to doing and live a mediocre life because at least with that, I'm safe and I know what to expect. But if I go relentless on my dreams and I pursue what lights my soul on fire, I don't know what the collateral damage of being great is going to be for me. But see, here's the thing. You can't have both. You can't, on the one hand, be complacent about things, about severing ties to things that don't work in your life, right? You can't be complacent about not having the body you you want. You can't be complacent about not having the profession, the career, the business you want. You can't be complacent about hiring a personal assistant who's less than stellar, who's kind of mediocre, but you're putting up with them because you don't want to have to go through the trouble of finding a new one. You cannot settle for mediocre relationships and mediocre family connections connections. And, you know, people are doing this mediocre thing and they don't even know that they're doing it, that they think that this is just the everyday in and out. This is just how my life goes. Listen, how many people have you talked to who will tell you their horror stories or their dramas of the week? Because they've got dramas every single week. And what they say is, well, this is just my life. This is just how it goes. You know, my life is always la vida. Listen, I look, I got a Levita local life over here. I'm just not even going to play. Like it's, uh, it's days of our lives meets one life to live meets guiding light meets all my children meets general hospital meets as the world's turn in as the world turns in my life a lot. But here's the thing, right? You cannot be relentless about what lights your soul on fire. If you're constantly putting out the fires of things that are less than you desire, you can't because energy, energy is, is unlimited, but in the moment 
in the hour, in the day, it's finite. You have to replenish energy. You have to recreate it. So if you're always putting energy and putting out fires and things that don't matter, in things that are far below you, in things that you don't, des- that, that really, you don't, you, you're sick and tired of putting up with. Guess what? You don't have any energy to go after the things that light your soul on fire. So here's my point. I don't want you to get this. Until you are willing to be relentless about what lights your soul on fire, you will be complacent about severing ties to things and people that don't. Boom. Point number five, right? We're talking about if the box doesn't fit, smash it. Point number five, waiting is worse than giving up because it pretends to be a probation when it really is a final sentence. Can I say that again? I want you to hear this. Because a lot of folks are out here waiting, waiting for the right time, waiting for the right time to start a business, waiting for the right time to lose weight, waiting for the right time to have a baby. Can I just say something about the baby thing? There never is a right time to have a baby. Never, never. You will never have enough money. You will never have enough savings. You will never have traveled and gone on vacation. Never, like, don't even wait on that. I'm just saying. that That's my have a baby PR message for the day. Don't take it personally. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, waiting is worse than giving up because it pretends to be a probation when it really is a final sentence. Let me ask you a question. How many people do you know in your family or in the world who are about 60, 70, maybe 80 years old who live with regrets that they wish they had pursued certain things when they had youth enough, time enough, and passion enough to do it? They wish they'd done things differently. They have regrets. They have remorse. And now they're at the end of their lives looking back. And yes, could they still give a little bit of time to pursuing that? Sure. Do they still have life enough to go after it? Sure. But you know what? They've lived in the box for so long. They don't even know if they can break free of it. You see, anytime you say to yourself, I'm going to wait until to do what I really, really want and what I really know I'm supposed to be doing. You need to question that. You need to second guess it because the reality is, is that waiting is just another way of saying, I'm not going after what I want. And I want you to just try this. Like say to yourself, I want you to go in a mirror and I want you to look yourself right in the eye and I want you to say to yourself, looking yourself right in the eye, I want you to say to yourself, I'm not going after what I really want. I want you to say it again and again in the mirror. You know why? Because when you look in your own eyes in a mirror, you can't lie to yourself. And if you can tell me that looking yourself in the mirror and saying, I'm not going after what I really want makes you feel good, then I'm going to say you can wait. But if you're going to look in that mirror and tell yourself the truth, and when you say to yourself, I'm not going after what I really want, and you feel the pain, you feel like the insides of you just churning because nothing about saying that makes sense, then you're going to understand the trap of waiting. Because here's the thing. Waiting is worse than giving up because it pretends to be a probation when it really is a final sentence. It is a final sentence. So don't get caught in waiting because the only time that you're promised is today, this moment, this day, this after. That's it. You don't know about tomorrow. Yesterday is gone. Here's the present moment. Don't wait. Here's point number six, and this is my final point before we talk about smashing that box. When it comes to stepping into your greatness, when it comes to 
getting out of the box once and for all. Because, you know, sometimes people get out of the box, but then they go back in. Let me just, I have to take a little segue, detour, before we go to point number six. Sometimes people get enough courage to venture out of the box, right? They get out of the box and they go, ooh, this feels good. Like, I feel like myself again. Like, I'm pursuing my dreams. I'm going after what I want. I feel, ooh. And then something comes along as they are building into their greatness. Because when you get out of the box, you're not starting out at, like, level 100 of greatness. You're a, a newbie. You're a newborn in greatness. So you've got to grow up and you've got to grow into it. And then what usually happens is when somebody steps out of the box and they feel alive and courageous and invigorated, there usually is a setback that comes on pretty early in the newborn greatness stage, and it sends them back to the box. They get scared. They go, oh, that was something I wasn't seeing coming. That was something, oh, that hurt. And then they run back to the box because the box is familiar, and how to be great in the face of obstacles isn't. And I want to say this about that. If you've been somebody who has had several opportunities to get out of the box and you've gotten out of the box several times only to go back into it, stop feeling shame for doing that. Because every time you get out of the box, you get more great. You get closer to understanding who you really are. It gives you something, even if you go back into the box, it gives you something you could not have gotten living in the box. There's no shame to having gone out of the box and back in. I've done it. I've done it numerous times. Out of the box, back in the box. There's no shame in that. Because here's the thing. Every experience of your life is for you. Everything. So I say that to say, if you find yourself jumping in and out of the box, first of all, we're going to handle that by the end of this episode. But second of all, no shame, no guilt, no blame. It is what it is. You needed to do that. And it's going to help you in the long run. Period. The end. Let's get back to point number six. At the end of the day, you have two choices, and here they are. And I want you to get this, the, the gravity of this, the seriousness of this, because a lot of people think they have forever to get it right. And, I, and while I just, you know, you just got through hearing me say, it's okay if you've been going in and out of the box, right? It is okay. There is no guilt about that. It is what it is. It's done. Like you beating yourself up about having in the past gone in and out of the box makes no sense because you can wish for a better past you can't change the past, which makes wishing for it ridiculous because it's not going to ever be different, right? Okay, good. We're both on the same page. Past is over. No guilt, no shame, no blame. That's putting energy in the wrong direction and in a direction you cannot change. Here's the thing though, because you're listening to this and because you understand that your box living is your choice and because you understand that waiting is worse than giving up. And because you know that they didn't give it to you, so they can't take it from you. So that you know that you're either the director of your life or you're an advisor in your life. Now that you have all the information, now that you you got it straight, you have two choices. And you're going to make one or you're going to make the other. Here it is. At this moment, now that you know what you know, you are either going to choose to stand and deliver or live and die in that box. And the beautiful part of it is that it's your choice. And the tough part of it is it's your choice. And it's a choice that you make every single day of your life. It is not a one and done choice. I know people want the one and done thing. You know, everybody wants like, can I just make the choice to to be out of the box and like never have to 
you know, face the temptation of going back to the box again. No, that would not be the human experience. I hate to tell you, it would not be human for you to just do a one and done thing. It's kind of like losing weight. Like you can't just go, well, I'm just going to do this six week challenge or 12 week challenge and I'm going to lose all this weight and then I'm never going to go back to the gym again. Um, no, it's 316 and in about two hours, I'm going to be working out really hard in the gym. It never ends. <laughs> it is a lifetime commitment if you want six pack abs and you want a body that rocks. So it doesn't ever end. Same thing with this. You have two choices. Either you're going to stand and deliver consistently, persistently for the rest of your life, or you're going to live and die in that box and you choose. So here's, here's the, the whole thing that I wanted to get to. This is the message that woke me up at two o'clock in the morning. The only way to ensure that you never live in a box again. The only way to be sure that you're going to be the director of your life rather, rather than the advisor in your life. The only way to be sure that you're going to choose to live out your calling as much as your calling has already chosen you. The only way you're going to be sure that you're going to seize opportunities rather than ask for permission is this. You got to smash that box. You got to smash that box. And let me just, let me tell you what I mean. Cause there are going to be people are going to be like, okay, I'm motivated. You've, you've said some things to me, Cassandra, that really resonate with me. I, I get what you're saying to me, but like, how do I logistically, strategically, how do I smash that box? I've been living in it for 25 years. Like how am I, uh, oh, t- tell me how to do it. Okay. So Let's talk for a minute about how do you smash the box. And and here's the thing. And Tony Robbins talks about this a lot. You need to decide what the top three dreams of your life are. And you need to make sure that those dreams are in alignment with your calling. You know, sometimes we have dreams that we really desire, but we know deep down that that's not really in alignment with what we're called to do, right? So, so dreams and calling need to line up to work beautifully together. If you have a dream in one direction, but you're called in another direction, uh, the calling is going to win. I hate to tell you, it's nobody wants to hear that. The calling is going to win. Now, typically, because your calling chooses you and you don't choose your calling, typically your dreams do line up with your calling. It's it's not, I mean, you know, I, I guess if somebody, let me give you an example. Like somebody might have grown up wanting to be an actress or a director or be in Hollywood in some way, shape or form, but their real calling is to go out and be a motivational speaker. Now, they may never get to Hollywood in the way that they expected to, but they might have gotten all the training and done the Hollywood thing for a while. So they would be ready for the motivational speaking later in life. So even though the dream was not necessarily going to unfold in exactly the way they originally expected, the dream still fits the calling because the calling is going to make sure that every experience of your life fits it. Let's just be honest, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, your calling, every experience of your life is going to lead you to the calling. Doesn't matter how long it takes. Could take 50 years. It's okay. Calling's going to wait because your calling chooses you. You don't choose your calling. So let's just get that out of the way. But back to smashing the box. You need to be, and I use relentless a lot because I'm a pretty relentless person. You need to be absolutely relentless about smashing any bit of mediocrity, settling, or, um, 
asking for permission that exists in your life on your top three biggest dreams. I'm not saying on every area. I think the moment we start to say to people, oh my goodness, you need to like totally renovate your life, like totally cut out bad relationships and to- it's too much to do at one time. It's a shock to the body and it will throw you back into box living. You will build another box and then you will jump back into it because you're so scared of all of the changes you're making overnight. I'm not talking about uh, overnight total annihilation of your life. You know, even the caterpillar has to have a season in the cocoon to come out the the butterfly. So I'm really talking about cocoon living. What you've got to do to smash the box is you've got to look at what are the top three dreams of my life. And with those top three dreams that I say I want to pursue and I say I want to go after, where am I settling? Where am I caving in? Where am I asking other people for permission? Where am I doing things? Ooh, something just dropped and I don't even know what did. I guess it was a book. At 3.21 in the morning. That's a little scary, but anyway. Um, (laughs) That's how you know that this is like not scripted because a book just dropped and I'm a little freaked out. Okay. Um, (laughs) Let's get back to what I was saying. So really, when you think about it, you have to look at those top three dreams and you have to say, where am I settling? Where am I caving? Where am I asking people for permission to pursue this thing? Like that asking for permission thing is huge. Stop asking for permission for the things you want to be, do and have that you know you were born to be, do and have. Stop asking. You don't need their support. You don't, would it be nice? Yes. Would their approval be wonderful? We all love approval. You don't need it. So you need to look at those top three dreams. And the reason why I say three, even three is a lot. I would say one to two, but three maximum. And you need to say, where am I caving? Where am I settling? Where am I asking for permission? Where am I being the advisor of this dream rather than the director of it, rather than the decision maker of it? And you need to start to align your behaviors with who you want to be outside of the box. When I say smash the box, it means make pursuing those dreams, living those dreams, and surrounding yourself with people who will support you in those dreams an absolute non-negotiable. Meaning you can't be afraid to say, I'll give you a personal example, like my fitness and and getting into the best shape of my life at this point is an absolute non-negotiable for me. Non-negotiable. I am up at four o'clock in the morning, whether I got five hours of sleep, three hours of sleep or seven hours of sleep. I'm in the gym at five, six days a week. It is non-negotiable. There will be nothing and no one that comes between me and that gym because the reality is, is it's been a dream of my life for years to see what my body looks like at the best shape ever. And it wasn't until about two or three months ago that I made it an absolute non-negotiable. What did that mean for me? How did I smash the box on my fitness? Let me tell you what. Okay. So number one, uh, I stopped making food like the thing that gives me sweetness or the thing that gives me pleasure in life. I decided to look at food differently. That was the first thing. The second thing is I just decided to take on the identity of somebody who is that fit. Like I didn't ask for, you know, so, so often we're waiting to get the body of somebody fit to take on the identity of somebody fit. But that's asking for permission from society, from a scale, from a body fat caliper. No, no, no. I just said, this is who I am from this moment moving forward. It's done. And from the second I took on that identity, over. Done. The other piece was I put away from me any negative opinions, any negative relationships, any negative comments that would make me feel 
like I wasn't worthy to be that fit or like it would be a problem for me to be that fit or like, you know, in getting that fit, um, I would have to sacrifice being in relationship or being connected to other people. Listen, getting this fit requires that I separate myself from a lot of things and a lot of people simply because uh, not a lot of people are going to get why I eat six or seven meals a day of nothing but six or seven ounces of chicken breast with two cups of vegetables. A lot of people don't live that way. A lot of people don't get it. They're never going to get it, but I don't have to explain it to them. Do you get what I'm saying? Smashing the box means I am not going to defend myself to you. I'm not going to explain why I do what I do. I'm not going to doubt whether or not I deserve what that takes. And I'm certainly not going to keep in my inner circle anyone or anything that is going to make me question the direction in which I'm taking my life. Smash the box. And see, a lot of people are afraid of the necessity that comes with making their dream non-negotiable, with making their actions all important, and with saying to other people who don't get it, you don't have to. You don't have to get it. I get my dream. You don't have to. That's one, that's one example that I can give you of smashing the box. But for each of you, you know what smashing the box requires. Like We are intuitive beings. We know what we're supposed to do. We know how we're supposed to roll. We understand what we're supposed to change in our lives. I could sit down with anybody and coach them and they could give me the exact things and steps they needed to take to get out of the box, to smash the box once and for all. There's a difference between knowing it and doing it. And so what I'm saying to you, as we come to a close on this episode, and I've been talking 33 minutes, you know, I talk long, folks. I know I talk long. (laughs) I always plan to have like a 15 minute podcast never happens. Okay, here's what I'm saying at the end of the day. You know what the biggest box in your life is right now. And even if you don't want to smash three boxes, even if you say, gosh, smashing three boxes right now with everything I've got going on, it would be way too much for me, right? I'm talking about, I'm talking about, we're doing a caterpillar to butterfly transformation. It is a cocoon. And listen, in that cocoon, you might think the caterpillar is resting. They are dying to themselves. So it's not exactly a cocoon like experience in there. They're dying. Like the caterpillar is dying a caterpillar so it can become a butterfly. None of this is easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. If smashing the box that is keeping you stuck were a simple thing, everybody would be out there doing it. The reason why most people aren't doing it is they don't have the guts to. The reason why most people are living in boxes is because they would rather be safe than happy. The reason why most people refuse to smash the boxes in their lives is because they would rather be in miserable company than alone. So let me say this very clearly. What I'm asking you to do is something that 95% of the people you know have not done, will not do, and probably will never do. I'm inviting you to be in the top 5% because you know what they say. It's never crowded at the top because it never is. It's never crowded at the top. Here's what I'm challenging you to do. You know what the number one box in your life is. You know it. I don't have to ask you. I don't have to know what it is. I know what my number one box is. You know what your number one box is. And my challenge to you is this. Figure out how to smash it 
And then I don't want you to waste a minute. I don't want you to waste a second. I don't want you to waste an hour. I don't want you to waste a day. I just want you to take the biggest, baddest metaphorical sledgehammer you've got. And I want you to smash that box to smithereens to the point where it could never be put back together again in your life to the point where it is so disintegrated. You might as well throw it in an incinerator and just burn the rest of it up. I want you to smash that box because at the end of the day, here's what's true. You weren't born to live in a box. You weren't born to play this thing small. You didn't come into this lifetime to just, what do they say in one of these quotes? Work, pay bills and die. You didn't come to do that. You came with a purpose that is meant to be fulfilled by the only person who can fulfill it, which is you. But in order to fulfill what you were put here to fulfill, you have got to smash that box. So final point, and I want you to really think about this this week. If the box doesn't fit, because it never will, if the box doesn't fit, smash it. I'll talk to you next episode.